So this is Exodus 15, and I'll be starting at verse 1. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord for, for an overflowing victory. Horse and rider he threw into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my power, and he's become my salvation. Uh, this is my God whom I will praise, the God of my ancestors whom I will acclaim. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his armies he hurled into the sea. His elite captains were sunk in, in the Reed Sea. The deep sea covered them. They sank into deep waters like a stone. Your strong hand, Lord, is dominant in power. Your strong hand, Lord, shatters the enemy. With your great surge, you overthrew your opponents. You send out your hot anger, and it burns them like straw. Yep, okay, there we go. Um, with the breath of your nostrils, the waters swelled up. The floods surged up in, in a great wave, and deep waters foamed in the depths of the sea. The enemy said, I'll pursue, I'll overtake, I'll divide the spoils of war, I'll be overfilled with them, I'll draw my sword, my hand will destroy them. You blew your wind, and the sea covered over them. They sank like lead in the towering waters. Who is like you among the gods, Lord? Who is like you, foremost in holiness, worthy of highest praise, and awesome of deeds? How far does this one go? 14, okay. You raised your strong hand, and the earth swallowed them up. With your great loyalty, you led people you rescued. The <clears throat> with your power, you guided them to your sanctuary. The peoples heard. They shook in terror. Horror grabbed Philista's inhabitants. Then Edom's tribal chiefs were terrified. Panic grabbed a hold of Moab's rulers. All of Canaan's inhabitants melted in fear. Terror and fear came over them because of your great power. They were, as, they were still as stone until your people, Lord, passed by, until the people you made your own passed by. You brought them in and planted them on your mountain, the place, Lord, that you made your home, the sanctuary, Lord, that your hand created. The Lord will rule forever and always. When Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and cavalry went into the sea, the Lord brought back the waters of the sea over them. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. And then the prophet Miriam, Aaron's sister, took the tambourine in her hand, and all the women followed her, playing their tambourines and dancing. Miriam sang the refrain back to them, Sing to the Lord for an overflowing victory. Horse and rider were thrown into the sea. Well, uh, these, these verses here uh, come at uh, a time of Israel's uh, high point of their life. You know? you know, because it is the oldest scripture there, and such an old scripture, it is actually Israel's first song. You know, we got all the book of Psalms, but this is their first time coming together as a people and singing a song. And it's such a significant part of their history that it will kind of pave everything that's going to happen in front. And they're going to be looking back constantly in the New Testament to these points of what happened. Now, what's amazing what happened in, the, in these uh, verses is not just the song that they're singing here, but it's the context of what led them up to this point to singing, you know, led them up to a, a kind of a, a high point 
in their, their lives as a, as a nation, but really the first starting point that gives them a jump start as a nation. And so um, as they're going into this, if you remember what happened, you know, they're going front forward with Moses leading them. And you see that they have been in slavery for or 430 years. So what does that mean? We got to kind of put ourselves in their shoes and it's hard to do because we've never been in this situation. They've been slaves. Their fathers were slaves. Their grandfathers were slaves. And they're just a nation that have been slaves all this time. They don't know what it's like to be free. So it's like they're gaining their freedom after so many years and they're just getting a taste of what it's like to be on their own. Now there's going to be a lot of fears and a lot of... Uh, of, of thoughts of going back in the future. But what, what we're going to do is when we look through these verses, we're going to see a couple different things. Let me get to the main idea here. Uh, that there's always mountains and valleys, but uh, God is just as faithful through all of them, through the valleys and the mountaintops that we go to. So think about that. For every mountain, you've got a valley on both sides. And you've got dark areas and difficult times. And I know sometimes we want to live for those mountains. But I talked about earlier about the difficulties that we go through. And I really, really believe if we react correctly throughout the valleys, we can actually grow a lot more than we can on the mountaintops. If we, if we seek God and we come close to him and we just follow some principles uh, that we can really not only get through these times but that we become more mature spiritually as we go through them. So if you, if you want to look at those verses uh, in 15, we're going to jump around a little bit, but to, to get the idea of how tough of time that they were leaving, the slavery they went to, we go to the beginning of uh, Exodus. And you see, you can remember all of how Genesis went. It was amazing to see how God uh, built his people and how God started his people, started the, you know, the Genesis is the book of beginnings. And we see the beginning of the earth. And then we see the beginning of so many different things being formed. And the beginning of his people. And how he's called them and how he's given his promises out. Well, as things went on, and when we get to the book of Exodus, we realize that that favor, that Egypt, the love that they had over uh, because of Joseph and because of their history of him taking care of them and, and leading the nations is now forgotten. A matter of fact, the Egyptians are tired of Israel. They're, they're like, these people are starting to outnumber us. Uh, can you imagine that, being in a, a family where you have slaves and they're your servants, they're your workers, but you suddenly have maybe you know, five people in your family and you have 10 slaves. You think the, the, the outnumbering, of they're all feeling it. And they're actually realizing uh, like the ants could come together and overtake them. And so they decide the best thing that they can do is start to oppress them. So this isn't just slavery uh, for, because they needed their work to build the, pil the pyramids and everything. But they say, now what we are going to do is we're going to oppress these people. And it kind of backfired on them. It's interesting to think that as much as they're going to put this, this pain on them, look at, it says in verse 12 of uh, Exodus 1, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied, and the more they spread out, so that they were in dread of the sons of Israel. And then it says, and the Egyptians compelled uh, the sons of Israel to labor rigorously. They're going to work them hard. 
We're going to make them work all, all the tough things, and we're going to make it purposefully difficult for them. It says, they made their lives bitter with hard labor, in mortar and bricks, in all kinds of labor, in the field, in their labors which they rigor, rigorously imposed on them. It's difficult to live that a life of slavery, but imagine when your, your managers or your bosses or your owners are now saying, I'm going to just make this purposefully hard on you. That's a difficult time. That's a pains, a lot of pains that they went through. And not only that, okay, they go through this time that they're going, they get out of that slavery, out of that difficult time. And on the other side of the mountain, we see they go through some difficulties too, right? They're going to go through time of wilderness wanderings through the desert. They're not going to, they're going to have food for a while. They're not going to have water. They're going to have to trust in God for everything. And there's parts where they start to fight Moses, you know, Moses, who led them out of slavery. And they said, no, I'm going to, we're going to, uh, even to one point, they said, uh, Moses fears for his life. And we think, wow, that's, a, that's difficult. I don't know how Moses made it some of the time. And there's times that he did get angry. And there's times that he did just want to leave these people. But he constantly, constantly was there to intercede entry in between them and God. But when I think of what we've gone through, I'll, I'll talk about some of the pains we've gone through. Uh, I know that you all have seen a lot of bad things, difficult things going on during the times of COVID. Um, to, to appreciate the Mountain View, we must go through these valleys. We have to go through them. And we had some that we've gone through that we're still recovering from. We can honestly say it's been the most difficult time of our ministry the past two years. It's been the shortest time for us to come back to the States. Only two years. And we've noticed bigger differences this time in the States than we ever have. You know, sometimes you kind of notice things changing a little bit uh, with stores closing down uh, because things went online. You know, you go away for two, three years, three years, four years, actually, sometimes we, we'd go away for and we'd come back and be like, wow, I can't believe that, you know, Sears shut down. I can't believe that, that these, these things are shutting down the malls, you know. What happened to all the malls, you know? It seems like most of them are either, either dormant now or they've shut down. But we have to go through them. This was the couple last time we were here that we asked you all to pray for. They were the ones that were filling in for us when we were on furlough. And uh, we realized things were going pretty good for them. The reason that they were only, just to refresh your memories if you remember the story... They have actually two sons. One of their sons wasn't in this picture because this was taken when they visited us in Krata. And their other son, Gabriel, had been hit by a stray bullet in Fortaleza. He was five years old. There was a gang shooting in their neighborhood and, and a bullet hit him in the leg. And uh, they had to rush him to the hospital and he, he had to have pins put in his femur. And uh, this, the shooting ended up in a death of the, the, uh, the drug dealer, I guess trying to think of the word in Portuguese here, but this, this all went on, and they said that through, though Egypt, he told his wife, he wanted he'd go to Krotha to work, and he said, in Egypt, they had 10 plagues, this is our first, so they really believed the Lord was leading them there, they had sold their car, and actually bought a piece of land there in Krotha, in our town, it was our little town where we lived, 
And we said, when we were leaving here, we were, like, we were going to talk to him about becoming the pastor over our church, and we would start exiting there. Well, this is all before COVID, BC days, you know. So we, uh, we talked to him a month after we got there. We come back from the States. We're praying about this. We have these plans, these ideas of two teams coming into Krata. We had bought the land for the church, and we are looking at building a building, not finishing a structure, but getting something started for them there. And we talked to him about it, and he said, oh, no, I don't feel like God is calling me to be a head pastor. And actually, I'm thinking about moving out of Krata. And that took us by storm. That was our first bombshell. We were like, this is plan A, B, and C for us, and we're we didn't have any other plan at that moment. It just seemed to be where the Lord was moving. And so that was, that was a difficulty to us. Um, we had started a school program uh, years before, and we, I, we've gotten that back together. I at least convinced him to hang around with us to, to work with the school program where we were going to be working in school with ninth graders and teaching them... Uh, morals and, and biblical, biblical morals that they could help them with their families. And this looked really good. We had started with three different classes, and that's right before COVID hit. The first school, I mean, we're talking, we live in Krata. This is 8,000 people, and it is, it is small interior. You go to Fortaleza, nobody's ever heard of Krata. You can find some people that have, but very few people have. It is the first school district to close down in our whole state. There's not even one case in all of our state of COVID that they tested in Nome. So that shut down that program. Uh, we were talking even earlier about us going on a trip. We were visiting uh, a conference when it all hit. Suddenly, everything started falling apart. Um, we get back to, and this young man who we were praying for before we came on furlough, we find out that uh, this school program stopped, and he's now has a, it has a pregnant girlfriend. Uh, just a lot of different things that go different ways. Bombshells changing. We have hopes for this situation. We had an, a, a situation of adultery that we had to deal with of a couple that ended up breaking up and leaving the church. We had a, a COVID shutdown. Both of our teams that we were planning, one coming from this area, one coming from Maine, they weren't coming now. That's all closed. Everything we worked with came to a halt. And I know how uh, younger churches like ours and even like yours suffers from COVID. This is difficult. It's difficult enough for the churches that have been around like bottom 200 years, you know? But imagine trying to pull things together, trying to get things together. It's difficult, it's hard. We've invested a lot in this time in, in Krata, and we were going through a valley. It's very difficult. And so we have got to understand that we must grow through these valleys. God has never promised us a cakewalk here on this earth, has he? Matter of fact, remember that in Jesus' words, he said, in this world you will have trouble. He promised it. But what did he say? But take heart. For I have overcome the world. I think of the world of Job. You know, Job, how did he react during trials? Remember, his, his children died. He had, he had uh, 
his, a lot of his servants were dying. There were people stealing his stuff. He had natural disasters coming in. All of this at once. I don't think there's ever in all time been anybody that we can tell that has been suffered such from such a height coming down so low. And then what did Job say? Job in chapter 1 of, of the book of Job, verse 20 says this. At this, Job got up tore his robe, shaved his head, then fell on the ground to worship and said, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And in all this, Job did not sin. By what? By charging God with evil. Now that's all we have to do when we go through difficulty, right? We've got we've to just say, shave our heads and we've got we to gotta get down and, and, and pray and... and uh, and get on our knees. But it really is, in some ways, the what we need to do. Maybe not quite to the extreme, but getting on the knees and calling out to God, that is what we do. It draws us near Him, near to Him. It helps us rely on Him. It helps us realize what He's doing. So in these difficulties, when they come, and they will, we are strong enough to say, you know what? My life is not about me. It's about my creator. And in these songs that they sang, there are blessings through it all. They sang this song because they felt the pain and then they entered uh, a blessing. This is, this is some of the other things. I'll tell you a little bit about some of our blessings during the time, though. Um, this is, this is uh, also a difficulty and a blessing. Uh, this is only about two months before we came on furlough, I think. Uh, we we're getting ready, getting things opening back up. It's trying to get the wave of when we're open back up or shutting down in Brazil. I don't know. I think it's maybe the same here, but a pretty rigid there. And we live in a smaller town where they really control things very strongly there. And so we finally were opening back up. We were going to have a Bible study. And uh, we had a bunch of people said they were coming. But uh, I was just, had been doing some other things. I jumped in the shower real quick. And I was getting ready to take a shower. And I heard everybody running outside. And it, it turns out that uh, I, I went ahead and threw on some shorts. And I came out. I looked around. And some people had showed up already. And they were telling them there's some police out on the road saying, get inside the house. We have some bad guys out here. And it's really a dangerous situation. You guys need to get inside. Julie was locked out of the house. And, and I had to ask the lady for her keys because one of our doors gets jammed. And you can't get in it. And I opened up the back door and I called her in. I called our dogs in. And the police came in. And, and there's just about then, there's tile breaking on the house next door. And they're climbing across the, the bad guys are on the roof of the house. And it, and it was a bad situation because there are guns all over the place. The police came into our yard, came over the walls, and were looking for these guys until we heard a gun sh uh, a fire, gun fire off. And uh, fortunately, nobody was hurt. And they got the bad guys. Um, but... That's a blessing and a difficulty in it. The Lord kept us secure during all that time. And we see that as his, his care for us. There are dangers, but he took care of all that situation. Um, this situation here, uh, this girl right here is Alciani. She's been a blessing to us. She's been growing into the Lord and the Lord and getting to, she always asks the best questions and everything. Um, this last December, we got a, a high point because we were so happy. I did the, was able to do the first wedding I've done in Brazil. Uh, been a blessing to see her get married with a, with a wonderful man. 
And, uh, but that's, them getting married means that she was going to move away and move out of our church and move to a different, into a different city in Guadalajara. So a high point, but a low point. We have our youth that I was getting involved in music. Some of them have stayed, some of them have left. And we just found out that one of our main girls, uh, one of Michaela's close friends, she's, she's now went to a different church since we've left. I mean, just all of these highs and lows. And, and through all this, if we don't keep our focus on the Lord, we'll think it's all, it's all in vain. And look at, listen to the verses, that, just again, of this, the song that they're singing. So in Exodus 15, listen to their focus. And it's good for us to look through these verses and say, are they focused on, on themselves? Or who are they focused on that made them so happy? It says, then Moses and his sons of Israel sang the song to the Lord. And what did they sing? They said, I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and rider he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is the warrior. The Lord is his name. You see, the focus is on the Lord. And if we don't take it off ourselves, we'll forget that who's going to get us through these times. We're, we're in a country where we think, man, we've got to be the overcomers. We've got to do it. So that when we get hit so hard that we're down, we have nowhere else to go. But we do, don't we? We as believers have a place to go that he will never leave us, never forsake us, and he will always be by our side. It's not just... A, a crutch for us. It's a way of life. And it's the way we need to live. Because we know that God is there. And he's going to bring us through these difficult times and bring us to these good times. Now, one thing I like to remember about my kids, when, when we always kind of monitor our kids through a lot of these difficulties and we want to see how our kids doing, are they okay? Or, you know, we've kind of been traveling a lot. We've kind of uh, had some crazy things going on. When we had our car stolen at gunpoint, we were checking with Michaela. Michaela, you okay? How you doing? You know, she, she was like, oh, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> but uh, the other, we know a lot of times that our kids are doing well when we hear them singing in the background. You know, they're just playing with their toys or reading a book, and they're just singing along. That's, things are going good. Things are going good. We're like, oh, that's just a beautiful sound for parents to hear, isn't it? Children singing. Children singing. And we, we even, uh, I preached this, well, the first time I preached it, it just happened the day before. Levi was just singing uh, some song. I think, I don't know if it was Portuguese or English, but it was praise song. And it's, oh, that's such a good thing. And that's what, that's what Israel's, Israel's doing. Things suddenly have changed. They're in a positive direction. And they're thinking of God. They're going, it is so apparent, and it even said it in chapter 14, that it was God who saved Israel. He's like, he's the one that came in. It was him that decided, I'm going to take these people here, and I'm going to show them my love. I'm going to pull them out of a situation that seems impossible, and even plunders Egypt. You remember what he did? They, got, they left, and Egypt was like giving them all their gold and everything. Said, here, take it, take it. So in that, it said they plundered Egypt. And they didn't, 
They didn't have to fight at all. That's our God. And that's what he's doing. And it may feel like he's not there through the difficult valleys. But he is. He's there through the valleys. And he's there in the mountaintops. Remember the footprint poem? Right? When there was one set of footprints, it was when he was carrying the person. Carrying us through it. That's a beautiful thing. We may feel like we're alone. But sometimes God is walking before us. He's taking care of us. He's always here with us. And we got to remember and recognize who did it. Now, we, we notice if you re keep reading and you start seeing who, what did the enemy do in this, in this song? Who was the enemy's focus? Their focus is on themselves. Let me see where those verses are. Verse 9 to 10 here. Look at 9 and 10. It says, The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be gratified against them. I will draw them out my sword. I will hand, uh, my hand will, shall destroy them. Isn't that amazing? The contrast between an enemy who is saying that everything depends on me and the children of God saying everything depended on God. This is what we need to do. And I think that we don't hear a lot of it these days, you know? I, 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 a lot of times we'll look at the morals behind a lot of the children's programs that we watch. And it seems really nice when it says, you can do it, it's all about you, it's all about uh, doing what you want, have it your way. But we realize that doesn't really breed a good lifestyle in our children. It's, it's that Christ esteem that they need instead of that self-esteem. It's that dependence on God and realizing it's okay even when you don't feel adequate. It's okay because Christ, your life is about him. And instead of taking our focus off ourselves, we put it in the Lord. Now you all probably know Psalm 23, but it too focuses on the Lord. You know, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You feel, you read in these verses, you realize where it puts me and it exalts God and it, and it humbles us. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still, water, still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And when we sing these songs, we too have to put God in first place. We have to know we have to know that we've got to go through these valleys. He'll bring us through. He'll, he'll strengthen us. We must recognize that he brought us, brought us to the high points. And uh, we must wait for him to bring us there. We know that he is the one that is stepping us step by step. Israel knew that. In this song here, they said, um, In thy loving kindness, verse 13, In thy loving kindness thou hast led thy people whom thou hast redeemed. Uh, 17 said, Thou wilt bring them and plant them on the mountain of thine inheritance. And all of this is about bringing them to a place that God's going to bring them through the difficulties. And I don't know if you're going on the high point, if you're on a high point now, if you're on a low point here. But either way, we can worship God in both situations by how we react. And I was thinking to, about waiting. I mean, sometimes we want just that high points to be there. 
And we're not going to be able to rush them along. But we are able to do something to occupy our time while we're going through the difficulties. And it was interesting in a, a book on prayer I read, uh, Andrew B Murray's book on prayer, uh, he brought out a, a, a statement that I had never forgotten because I really liked what he had to say. And he noted that there's a point when Jesus was calling his disciples to follow him. He said, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. And that was at the beginning of his ministry. But there was a later in his ministry where he changed that wording and he told people to abide in him. He said, abide in me. And I even thought that was amazing when uh, even in the Great Commission, when Jesus is knowing he's going to be leaving them, and he says, he says, lo, I will be with you always. Now, how does he know he's leaving them, and he's not been back since, and then, lo, I'll be with you always. Because we can abide with him while we're here. And we can walk with him during this time. And we can focus on him and know he's with us. And we do this by faith. And we do this by habit in our lives. And I think that if we abide in Christ, that's what we can do now. It's what changes our lives. It's what teaches us, yes, you are my child. But let's live like you're my child. Talk with me. Abide with me. Fellowship with me. All these things that, uh, I don't know if you're, you're going through the difficulty, if you're on the high point, you're on the low point. Uh, you know it. You know where God is. He's with you. And I pray that we can encourage each other. Instead of judging, instead of attacking, we say, here, come. Let's, let's talk to God about this. Can I pray for you? Can I, can I offer you up in prayer? I'm going to call you this week and see how you're doing. We do that to lift one another up and remind each other of Christ. And if we do that, the world out there that's watching in, they'll come in and look and want to know. And we'll have opportunities to say, hey, you want to come to church? You want to, you want to know Christ? You want to study the Bible or read a verse with me? That's when we start seeing the high points coming and the blessings there. Let's pray. Great Lord, we know that you are at work here. You're not just in work in spite of COVID. You're at work through it. You're not just trying to save us out of our difficulties, Lord. You, you work with us through them. You teach us. You grow us. And I'm sure there's many times that we've lost opportunities, Lords, where we've gotten angry, we have acted wrong, and we've, we've fallen. But even there, we know in Christ, you've covered our sins, you are lifting us up, and you are strengthening us, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you will help us trust more and more in you. That whether it be a low time that we trust in you, or a high time where we give you the praise. Lord, that we will not be the ones that take all the glory for ourselves, but that we will know without a doubt the only reason we are here is for your glory. And in the future, we can, we can spend all that time glorifying your name in a place where there is no pain, 
and there is no difficulty. And we, we eagerly long for that highest point of all highs. But Lord, we will serve you during these times. And we want to glorify your name. We pray, for Lord, for this community. Pray for the families involved here at the church. We pray for the, the upcoming events, things going on with the new music leader coming in. We pray for, Lord, that you will use the love that is shown here to show others your love that you have for them. Lord, we praise you for what you're doing even in Brazil. We pray for the congregation there, for Polycarp, for the meetings that are taking place in all the churches in the northeastern Brazil there too. Lord, that you would, you would work through them, encourage them through the COVID time, and teach them and, and glorify your name through all of it, Lord. We praise you. We glorify your name now. And as we even sing the last song, that we will do it uh, in, a, in a manner where we give you our full hearts, Lord. Praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.